Dale's Petcast. They provide unconditional love, unlimited companionship, and unquestionable support. We're talking about your pets. Useful information for you to better care for and understand your pet. This is Steve Dale's Petcast, brought to you by MerrickPetCare.com. Welcome to the Merrick Pet Care Petcast. I'm Steve Dale, your congenial host, usually congenial anyway. And I will tell you, I'm always excited about doing each and every one of these. But this one, I'm talking with a good friend of mine, and she's brilliant, Dr. Lisa Radasta, veterinary behaviorist. Go to dognerds.com, and we'll talk a little about that. But what we're talking about is... People going back to their usual lives, and the dogs are at home saying, I didn't get the memo about this. I didn't know that was going to happen. You were home all the time. So, Dr. Radasta, there's this one cartoon, and in the cartoon, pictured is a guy with a leash, and he's walking toward his pets. One is a dog who's the tails wagging back and forth. The dog is wiggling so excited. Yay, another walk. This is my 12th walk, and it's about 10 in the morning. Another dog is in the corner kind of hiding, like a little bubble above the dog says, I cannot take one more walk. I'm exhausted. (laughs) Will he leave me alone already? And the cat is on the table, and the little bubble above the cat says, I wish they'd all go away, or something to that effect. (laughs) But that's kind of how it is. You know, the dogs, we didn't expect this to happen. The dogs never got a memo saying, oh, we're going to be home all the time. I'm thinking different dogs reacted differently to that. Would that be true? That is true. And and they're going to run the gamut just like we will. You know, every dog and every cat has their own personality types. Some dogs probably were neutral to us being home. Some were really excited and some were kind of distressed. And the same with cats. I mean, cats, for some of us, not all of us, but for some of us, we kind of leave cats alone if they're sleeping or let them have their peace. But for some reason, we really want to get in there and spoon with the dog on the dog bed. And so dogs who have been home with us have not gotten a lot of reprieve from our love and affection. And on the surface, I think that sounds really good. Like who wants to be loved less? No one's going to vote for being loved less. But on the other hand, do I really want my husband sitting right next to me all day? Do I really want to be summoned every 15 minutes to stop what I'm doing to do something else? No, I really don't. I need my time too, even from those that I love. And so our dogs and cats really aren't getting the space that they need from us during this time. But now might some dogs get too much space? Are we, anecdotally, I'll tell you, in my experience, as people have gone back to their lives, uh, seeing more separation distress or separation anxiety, in part maybe because some of the adopted dogs had it and they never knew that because they were home, but in general... That's what I'm observing. Again, no data, really, just anecdotally. Are you hearing and seeing the same thing? Well, and I, I don't want to go off topic, but I think you and I have known each other for about 20 years, so you know that I will go off topic. <laughs> That's but, okay. Um, so <laughs> what I'm seeing the most of, and I know you are too, is pandemic puppies yeah. who are fearful 
and aggressive. And uh, that has been our, in our pandemic, really, has been pandemic puppies. And um, we're not seeing an uptick in separation anxiety, but we are seeing an uptick in young dogs with behavior problems in general. And I suspect that's because these babies came into their homes and there wasn't a need to teach them to stay in a crate, right? Mm -hmm. Or to stay in a bathroom or any sort of confined space. There wasn't a need to teach them to be independent. Besides the fact that that would have been really taxing for us to, to have to leave our house to go where we couldn't go anywhere. So you take a walk in the neighborhood without your new puppy. That doesn't make sense. So these puppies really were never taught. It's okay to be by myself. I can be comfortable and feel safe by myself. And you're right that a lot of dogs probably got adopted out from shelters and rescues that came with separation anxiety. That probably did happen. We are seeing more puppies that sort of developed that because of that lack of socialization. And socialization includes independence, of course. And then also, we can't forget the dogs who were neutral to our departures before and now are not neutral to our departures, who were easygoing dogs before and now are stressed by our departures simply because a year and some months is a long time. And you do adapt to that, and that becomes your your new normal, for lack of a better phrase. Okay, so let's say you've left the house, and your neighbors are saying, uh, you live in an apartment or condo, or even a house, you know, neighbors can notice this sort of thing. Dog is barking all the time when you're not there. And you go to the internet, and you say, oh, my dog must have separation anxiety. I would argue maybe, but maybe not. Separation anxiety, to me, and I don't know that you and I have ever talked about this, but separation anxiety, to me, is like kidney disease or diabetes, you wouldn't, you wouldn't diagnose that as a pet parent. And this shouldn't be diagnosed as a pet parent either, because in fact, it may not at all be separation anxiety. How do you feel? Well, about of course, it? of course, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I would take a step back and say, don't wait for your neighbors to tell you if you we all have cameras, at least where I live in Florida, Pretty much everybody's got cameras inside their houses and outside. So even your outdoor camera, your doorbell camera, has sound on it and might pick up your dog's barking potentially. But watching your dog's really important important because by the time your dog is barking or causing visual damage to your house or injuring himself, your dog has way progressed. So... I would prefer that pet parents assume there will be a problem, watch those videos, and if there's not a problem, good for you. If there is, you're catching it early. And definitely you're right that we want to make an accurate diagnosis because that dog could have noise phobia. And noise phobia, as you and I both know, is uh, a major cause of anxiety in dogs, and it could be a construction truck, UPS, or you know, a delivery truck. It could be thunderstorms. It could be anything. It could be that the dog is bored. Uh, it could be that the dog is frustrated. There's so many reasons. And I do want to say it could also be that the dog feels sick could be a component of why the dog's reacting. So number one, catch it before it's a problem by using those cameras. And number two, go seek help from a professional that can make an accurate diagnosis. 
So let's say that accurate diagnosis is Dr. Radasta saying, your dog has separation anxiety. So the next thing is, okay, now what? Uh, you, you can't never leave the house. So are there behavior modification tricks that can help, and are there products that can help? Of, of course, and uh, my motto is always that nothing is insurmountable. Really and truly, there's always a way, there's always a treatment, there's always something that will help. Isn't always easy, but most things worth doing and having are not easily acquired, right? So mm-hmm. uh, number one, there's the quick fixes. The quick fixes include certain medications, which you'll go to your veterinarian for, and your veterinarian might refer you to somebody like me, uh, a boarded veterinary behaviorist. But there are meds that will help right now so that you can get back to work or go to the gym or do what you need to do. There are certain supplements. Not very many work really quickly, but there are certain supplements that might help as well. So there's that. There's the management techniques of giving your dog something to do like a food-filled toy or a puzzle game. There's turning on music, drowning out external sounds, giving your dog a safe place in the house where he can go when he's stressed, blocking off the windows so that your dog doesn't have that external stimulation all day. And then there's the longer-term treatments, you know, the behavioral treatments, which are about like, hey, you're okay. You can be okay by yourself. I'm going to leave you, and you're going to be safe. And that takes longer. That takes two to six months. But that's the that's the one with the big payoff. I mean, those treatments are the ones that permanently change behavior and emotional state. Really, really powerful. Um, they take some time, but they're worth it. Now, let's uh, talk about some misconceptions too. So, uh, as you pointed out, I've been doing this a while <clears throat> earlier. Uh, So at one point in time, when I first began doing what I do, uh, there were lots of people out there that said, professionals out there said, just exercise the dog. Dog isn't getting enough exercise. Well, I suspect there's a component. I mean, exercise and exercise is a good thing anyway. However, is that the solution? No. And you know where I'm going with this because you know me. You know I'm an uptight type A, check in the boxes taskmaster like you know me so well but you also know i'm an exercise fanatic yes like religious and it's not just enough to go and do a spin class like i want to leave it all on the floor and you know that i'm never less anxious or uptight when i'm with you even after i've run 20 miles right? <laughs> so that's the, that's the common sense answer but, but the scientific answer is there's no evidence that you taking your dog for a two or three mile walk will help with true separation anxiety. In order to release those endorphins that act neurochemically to calm the dog's brain, the exercise must be vigorous. Most of us can't do that vigorous exercise. And in Florida, where I live, I live in Southeast Florida, and the way you talk about Chicago, I don't know, you might agree, it's downright dangerous to exercise a dog a lot of the day during the summer to the level it would take to calm them. So I agree, exercise is important, but it's not going to help you significantly with an anxiety problem. And the other is that, oh, my dog will figure it out. I always come home, so my dog will know over a course of days or weeks, I'm coming home. The dog will get it eventually. Does that ever work? Well, you know, I used that method with my daughter. I thought she'll just learn not to, you know, not to do drugs. I really don't have to educate her. 
I think that if I just sit back and I wait, I think I think she'll figure it out. And you know, enough tries of doing some drugs. No, of course that doesn't work. No, that doesn't work. Your dog doesn't figure it out. Your dog's having a tip of the nose to end of the tail, full on neurochemical panic attack. The only thing you're figuring out there are the best ways to escape the prison that is keeping you from getting back to your parent. Okay, so you also know, but your listeners might not know, that when an animal is in a panic attack mode, that the neurotransmitters released from the brain affect the entire body, blood glucose, your blood sugar is going to jump up, heart rate, respiratory rate. Blood is shunted to your muscles so that you're super strong and you can try to jump out of a window, which one of my patients did, Mm. to try to find the pet parent. So all of those things happen and the the crazy, you know, exciting but crazy thing that happens is that memory consolidation and retrieval are enhanced. That means your dog will remember how bad that was. And when he needs to access that memory, bam! It comes right back. Whereas when he tries to access the memory of when you went to the garbage can to put out the garbage and you came right back and he was calm, it's a lot harder to retrieve that memory. It's laid down in a different way in the brain. So the longer you let it go, hear my voice, the worse it's going to get. You have to act very fast in order to stop it in its tracks. However... I can just get another dog, and that dog will be there with the dog, so everything will be okay, because now the dog will have company. Yeah, well, I thought if I got another wife for my husband, that he'd be happy that I didn't do the dishes or cook. No, that doesn't work. Of course it doesn't work. Why? Because a dog is not a replacement for you. So dogs have been domesticated for thousands of years. We chose the ones that wanted to be around us. We didn't domesticate dogs that liked other dogs better than us, right? We wanted the companions who wanted to be around us and help us around the campfire and on our farms, right? And so those dogs are genetically predisposed to want to be around us. That's number one. Number two, you can't just replace a loved one with anyone, okay? Number three is always the science. It's always going to bring up it could be the caboose of our train here when we talk about things. And the science is, shows us that dogs from two-dog households are no less likely to have separation anxiety than those from single-dog households. What we do know is that dogs who have only one pet parent, and this makes common sense too, are more likely to have separation-related disorders than dogs who have a family around them, although dogs from any environment can get separation anxiety. And do we know why separation anxiety occurs? Is it breed-specific? Is it that the dog was adopted from an animal shelter, which is one of those misconceptions, too? Uh, what, what do we know? The truth is we don't know that much. And people ask about prevention, and I always give my best advice, but the truth is we really don't know how to prevent this disorder. What I can tell you is that one study did find that dogs rehomed from a shelter were more likely to have separation anxiety. I would bet if they just looked at dogs rehomed, dogs given away, dogs, you know, that went from one home to another, they would probably find that there's a risk. And remember that the breeder's house is a home. The pet store, I hope you're not going to a pet store for goodness sake, but if you did, that's a home. So people think of a home as a family that that takes care of you, but a home is where you live if you're a dog. So 
most likely just the act of rehoming puts a lot of stress on a dog. And if that dog is genetically predisposed, in other words, his genes predispose him to anxiety disorders, he is probably more likely to develop separation anxiety. But the truth is, we don't know 100% who is going to get this and what actually makes it happen. And therefore, you, you adopt a dog, wonderful, or maybe purchase a puppy from a breeder, uh, or maybe you get a dog from a rescue. It doesn't much matter. You bring the dog into your house. Uh, there is, unless I'm incorrect, no absolute way to prevent it, but... You can do some things. You can teach your dog, and this gets back to what you were saying a while ago, people haven't been doing because in part of the pandemic and our schedules, but you can teach your dog from very early on to be independent in the house, can't you? And then, And then eventually, and, yeah. eventually outside the house. Exactly. And, you know, I always say to people, independence is a gift, whether it be for my daughter or whether it be for my cat or my dog. And my mother, who's an older, wiser Italian mom, says that independence that she gave to her kids is a double-edged sword. She's so happy that she raised three independent kids, but we're not going to visit her as much as we should. (laughs) And that's the double-edged sword is we have animals in our home because we want to be with them. And when we make them independent, Mm, that kind of doesn't feel so great because I kind of want my dog on the couch with me, not in another room where he may be more comfortable. So it can feel um, wrong to teach a dog to be independent, but really it's the greatest gift because it's a gift of um, of a, a relaxed emotional state, no matter whether you're home or not. So absolutely teaching independence and also reinforcing that independence. So my dog, uh, I have a regular size house, and he has one, two, four beds in this little house with one dog. And sometimes he goes in my bedroom when we're not there, which is on the other side of the house, and sleeps on the bed in there. I have a lot of clients who would be upset by that. But what that means to me is we're too loud. We're too noisy. The cat is too grumpy. He's got to get away from us. So even just something like that, letting your dog be when he wants to be, away from you, can reinforce independence. Tell me about dognerds.com. So Dog Nerds, and our actual website is therealdognerds.com. It's it's an online learning platform made for pet parents, two programs designed by me and, and my good friend Mindy Cox, who's a certified dog trainer. One is for reactivity and one is for noise phobia. And they give you exactly what you need. There's 60 videos. There's handouts so that you can help yourself uh, and get professional level care, really, from this online learning platform. All right. Let me do that again, therealdognerds.com. And this information that is available probably costs thousands of dollars, I imagine. Ten million (laughs) dollars. No, it doesn't. Uh, there, there is a small, um, it's under $100 to join, and then it's $35 a month because we add new things every single month. Sometimes, if we have a lot of time on our hands every week, we'll add something. 
So the course is always growing and uh, we're always trying to connect with our students via like personal chat sessions and demos that we give online. But these demos are coming from absolute professionals and that's the thing. There's so much misinformation out there now. So therealdognerds.com, that's the place to go for information from a veterinary behaviorist and one of her favorite dog trainers. You're one of my favorites to talk to on the radio all the time or in person, Dr. Lisa Radasta. Thank you so much. Thank you. I miss talking to you, my friend. I can't wait to see you in person. Same here. And by the way, this is brought to you by Merrick Pet Care, the Steve Dale Petcast. The first time, Dr. Radasta, you've been on a petcast, I bet. You are correct, and I would expect nothing less than innovation from you. <laughs> Thank you, and we will talk to you next time on the Merrick Pet Care Petcast. <laughs> You've been listening to Steve Dale's Petcast, brought to you by MerrickPetCare.com. And as Steve always says, be good to your pet, and they'll be good to you.